Okay, welcome to the Operations Mastery Podcast. I'm Nick Verity. I'm here with Beth Tennis. She is the COO of 1-800-BOARD-UP, an incredible sort of franchise model within the first responder, emergency response general area. But I'm excited to have her on today because they've scaled really, really massively in the last um, you know decade or so. So we look forward to having her on. Great. Thank you. Can you tell everyone what the business model is and how you help, you know, how you help these people and these victims? Yeah, definitely. So 1-800-BOARD-UP is uh, honestly, if I had to, to describe 1-800-BOARD-UP in just one word, I'd say it's it's selfless because mm. while the company is there um, to certainly help people at one of the worst times of their lives, um, the way that our business is set up is actually it's genius. Uh, so let me take us for a moment and pivot over to how uh, how the business is set up. So each of our locations, right now we have 106 um, different franchise locations across the United States and two in Canada. And so we're we're quickly uh, actively eyeing Canada for our, our next stage of rollouts. And so the way that 1-800-BOARD-UP operates is off of a fractional franchise model. And I'll tell you, if you were to go to IFA, um, the international, you know, franchise show, and you're walking the halls or listening to, um, you know, to some of the great speakers out there, you won't even hear someone mention what fractional franchising is. You'll probably hear, you know, about FDDs or let's sit here and talk about licensing. And so this is probably a really great introduction for many of your, uh, many of your listeners to learn about the fractional franchising model. And I'm going to do this by sharing uh, maybe a, a parable of, uh, you know, of how um, I first learned about it. So I've been with 1-800-BOARD-UP now. This year, we'll make 10 years um, in different capacity from president of the company to uh, director of systems and processes to being in the marketing team to um, leading the operation side for about the last four years now. And when I was first learning about fractional franchise, I'm like, wait, what? What do you mean you're not a full franchise? I, so if I were just to hand you a bundle of cash, that means that I couldn't join you know, uh, or, you know, join 1-800-BOARD-UP, like I could join a, gosh, you know, I don't know, like a, a Jimmy John's, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the difference really is, is that in the fractional franchise rule, there's there's three big rules that you have to do. Um, the first is that you have to have been in the specific industry for so many years. So in our case, uh, we accept companies that were in the restoration space that have already been proven leaders in their markets. So you're not going to deal with, you know, me making your Jimmy John sandwich on a hot dog bun, right? It's going to be the best of the best. And so um, that's one of the things that we do. And you have to make sure it's that same type of business for a certain amount of years. And it can vary um, country by country, province by province on what that is. Typically, you're going to see at least two years have been in business in that same type of market and uh, not expect over a 20% return in that first year. So those are that's like the the very basic part of um, of how a fractional franchise works. But to kind of think about it in play, um, let me take you if I don't know, you're doing your Saturday morning shopping, right? Um, you finally set down your work phone. You're like, okay, let me go get some bread and some basics to get through the week. And you're walking inside Target and you're at the deli counter, grab some lunch meat, toss it in the bag. And you're like, let me go grab my Starbucks while I'm in here, right? Let's get some caffeine going. So while you're over there, you're looking behind the counter, no one's there. Um, you kind of wave and get the attention of the person who was just helping you slice your roast beef and put it in your cart. And she comes over um, and she's like, hi, just one moment and puts on her, takes off her red Target apron, puts on her green Starbucks apron. And she, you know, she 
suddenly introduces herself, is able to log in on the cash register and program your order and knows exactly how to make your coffee. And so that same type of business, right, where you're taking off one apron and putting on the other is how uh, a fractional franchise really works and operates. And there's lots of specifics that go in between um, the the lines that that I'm leaving off. But that's really it in a nutshell is someone who um, has been trained, they, they've been in the type of industry or serving, serving uh, in this case, serving food or different types of coffee in their market space, right? In our space, it's someone who has been just, you know, top of the line, some of the best of the best in the restoration side, but also has a heart for helping others. And so we're able to be very selective and choosy because we're getting those that have a bunch of experience joining our network. So our our whole model is definitely different than um, the rest of the franchise industry. We're definitely a minority, but it's a choice that we did that. And it's it's working really well for us. And so it, so you're already getting people that understand restoration, which yes. is, I think it's a fantastic way to hire or choose yes. franchisees. Now, what do you equip them with? What are the core like systems and processes that, that they get and they're expected to execute or stuff like you guys handle at the, I guess, national at our level. level? Yeah. At our corporate office. And so good questions. And so um, when someone joins our network, obviously, you know, there's your standard sales presentations and everything, but then you go through the new franchisee training, right? And so the difference between a full franchise model of someone has to teach me how to, I don't know, drill a screw into plywood, right? Mm-hmm. Where this is, they're already experienced, they know how to do, you know, a good portion of what you're teaching them. And so instead of teaching them of how to nail um, nail boards or how to drive their car properly on a fire scene, right? Uh, we're able to really teach them on how to be the best of the best. And so our model is focused on it. We call it best in the business training of helping them um, over the course of a couple days of in-person training, equipping them with an operations manual, but also the knowledge of how to execute and be best in the market where they're going to in this, in this different space. I see. And so what about like, um, customer acquisition, Mm -hmm. like how, how do you get their name out there for these, like, I guess, emergency situations and stuff like that? Yeah. So we have uh, actually in uh, coverage, all in all, we have 145 million um, individuals in the United States that are covered through 1-800-BOARD-UP. So, if, oh, wow. uh, you know, you're in Joplin, Missouri and uh, or Chicago, Illinois or Jacksonville, Florida, where I'm based out of and you're calling in, um, there's a, a trained 1-800-BOARD-UP crew and representative that's going to come out on scene. And so each of those individuals are, um, are fully trained through our program who go and respond. And even those like maybe a low level tech, right, that may not have been owner or manager or marketing rep or that came through our initial training, we have training programs for them as well. So that way, even in that case, like, uh, you know, with acquisitions or you know, or just, you know, their company's growing and they can't send everybody through to corporate training. We have the resources to be able to train those individuals as well. So we like to say anyone that's wearing the dog, it's our, um, you know, the Dalmatian dog, anyone that's representing our company needs to go through training. And so that's how we deal with that part. Okay. It sounds like training is like a massive focus of it the is, operation, for sure. like really training them excellently and crunching it all into a couple of days is pretty impressive as well. It is. It is. And, you know, we, we talk about, uh, we know that our attendees are, and here's a pun for you, but they're drinking from a fire hose, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's, there's a lot of, um, of tips going into it, but we actually have, when they walk out of our training, 
we have 30, 60, 90, and 120 day, we call it onboarding, where our team is working with them each week from the corporate side. And we're there to support them to make sure that they're hitting the specific objectives that we're looking for them to meet in those timeframes. So while it might seem a little overwhelming for just a couple of days of all of these, you know, the training that's going into, remember, they already know the basics of the industry, right? So that's a little bit of pressure off of them there. But knowing that we're with them through the rest of the journey, I mean, I think that's part of why franchise is so popular and there's there's so much opportunity out there for people if you know do I want to start my own um, sandwich shop or should I go with a, you know like that Jimmy John's example of someone who's mastering it and kicking it so that's definitely a big benefit of the franchise world is we've been doing this for 20 years if speaking on behalf of one hitter board up and uh, we know what it takes to to help you know you succeed in your market when you started 10 years ago what size was board up at? Do you remember? I do. And so for the the uh, population served, so I've mentioned that like 145 million population yeah. served. It's um, we were at about 90 million uh, in population served. And so why that number is so significant, typically uh, franchises, they will tell you by territory size. Oh, we had 240 territories and now we're at, you know, a, 900 territories. What's so different about us is we want our existing um, franchisees to get even better and grow. So while you might not see our numbers, and like I mentioned, the 106 that are in the United States, that number when um, Jacksonville, Florida also acquires St. Augustine, Florida territory, we're not counting that number up because it's the same owner. And that's what we want. We want um, the companies to to flourish and do so well that they grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And so that's what we've seen. And that's why you'll hear me say that population number, that's a, that's a metric or a KPI that we use on my team. We're measuring it weekly in our scorecards mm. and taking a look to, to really know our growth, not just quarter over quarter, but how are we doing each week? Yeah. So that's scorecard. I've heard that in a couple operating like frameworks. Do you use mm -hmm. any, any frameworks to run the business? Yeah, we do. And there's a couple different ones that we've kind of melded together over the years. At first, we started with EOS. So yeah. that's Entrepreneurial Operating System, one of my favorites, the Traction Process Program Facilitator, you know, that would work with us and we'd establish, okay, our five-year, three-year, one-year goals, work backwards into quarters. And then I you know, would go down into my team and this is what you're doing, you're doing, you're doing, I need this reporting. And so we've really, um, we've really mastered it inside of our team although master is kind of an intimidating word to say, but we have, you know, we've made it work mm -hmm. for us. We've put a little bit of the Rockefeller habits. Um, if you're mm -hmm. familiar with, with that concept as well. And with putting in those SCIs, the, you know, the strategic change initiatives mm -hmm. and measuring those. So we've blended those three together. Um, and that's how we operate at 1-800-BOARD-UP. And I'll tell you from when I started back a decade ago at our, our peak of operation, the home office count size, we were at 26. And I say the peak of operation because we were all busy, slammed, busy, stressed. Mm. There was nonstop work happening and it wasn't the best culture, mm. right? And and that was that's something that's important to me. It was important to the owner at the time that having a good culture, gosh, I mean, that's everything, right? Mm. And so mm. I'll I said 26 was the number that we had um, back, you know, at, at one point. And right now we're at eight full-time employees supporting a franchise network of over 106 in the U.S. and two in mm -hmm. Canada. 
And I'll tell you, first, it's that culture piece. You find those A players who are rock stars. They You empower them. You don't have to micromanage them. Um, you might ask questions, but not give orders. And it changes everything when you have such a, a positive work environment around you. But then second, it's part of being a, a, a little bit of part of a, a franchise network. Mm. We at 1-800-BOARD-UP, we were acquired in July of 2022. So about a year and a half ago by Belfour Franchise Group and Belfour Property Restoration, which is where we had heard that phrase before, is the largest restoration company in the world. And so at the time we're, you know, we're like, ah, I'm not so sure about those guys. And um, by the time we were going through the acquisition process, we really learned their their heart is very similar to ours and to the independent restoration companies that are a part of our network. That's just a huge part of our franchisee network is, the, you know, someone who cares and who can deliver um, victim assistance on one of the worst mm. days of these homeowners lives or property owners mm. lives. And so when we were going through this acquisition process and found out, OK, it's not Belfour Property Restoration, it's Belfour Franchise Group. And they have at the time 13 other brands that are under this umbrella and they're all in a similar space, mm. not just restoration, but um, you'll see there's 1-800-WATER damage, blue kangaroo packouts, hoods, ducks, uh, safer home services, cool bins. There's some really unique brands that are very smart to have under the same umbrella. But guess what? We get to use shared services. So I don't need a full-time HR person for my eight teams, right? I just need someone to, to help twice a year when something comes up or someone's asking for a letter or, you know, or whatnot. Yeah, and yeah. same goes with accounting. We don't need a full-time CFO and a full-time controller. Um, but what we were getting before was, was not the same as what we were wanting, right. Mm -hmm. By, by outsourcing it. So by having shared services, when you're a part of a greater umbrella, it's, mm -hmm. it's been just invigorating to be able to mm. work with really smart vetted people that are awesome at what they do. And, and so I think that's part of what empowers my team to, to keep scaling and growing at the level that we are now is because we're working with rock stars in, in almost every division that we come across. Incredible. So you grew really fast after that acquisition. It sounds we like. Did. We did. We did. Yeah. And uh, specifically on that population served, right? So yeah. That's been our focus and that's still the focus today. It's not to grow the the territory size or the the franchisee count. Mm. I would love the the you know when you've got a really successful operator, we want them to become more and more successful and grow their own territory to service mm. more people. So that's our measure of success and um, that tells us when the company's operating well because they're our franchisee, they're seeing that ROI and the benefit to the community as well. Yeah. That's I mean it's insanely impressive to be able to service that many locations with just eight full-time employees in your office. Yeah. Yes. Um, even with like having an umbrella group that that's so helpful. It, um, I tell you it is. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, a heavy lift, right? Like it's, we're all operating um, at least 80% or above on, you know, there's always, there's always things going on, but when you enjoy the people um, that you're working with and you all do it because you, you love helping others. I'll tell you from my team, you'll never hear someone say that's not in my job description. Right. And and that's the difference is we don't have just 
this silos of this is sales, this is marketing, this is operations. We're all working together as a cohesive team. Um, and I think through that combination of that EOS and Rockefeller habits and the SCI initiatives that we've kind of structured, yeah. we're able to achieve that. Incredible. Do you have any other advice for other businesses trying to scale to more locations, um, mm -hmm. franchises, et cetera, like when they're in that kind of chaotic mode of yeah. too many people, a lot of stuff breaking, things like that? Right. It, you know, a couple pieces. The first thing I'd say is it's so easy to just like live in your P&L, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, or say, I'm going to cut my staff. I don't need HR. I, I heard Beth mm -hmm. talking on this podcast. I, I She says, I don't need a, mm -hmm. a you know, a, a paralegal and we don't need a customer service and we need, we can operate it really lean. While that might be true, that's a, a developed position, right? So it's strategic. We're able to get to that point because we strategically led ourselves there with great partners, whether it's outsourced vendors or um, our franchise group that we're able to lean in on. And so you have to make sure that you have a, a built out deck beside you of people mm -hmm. with a good depth um, of experience. And so on our home office team of these eight individuals, the average tenure is 11 years. So um, we're working together with people, not where we're such high stress, where we leave after a year or two, but where we know we're in it, you can rely on each other. And um, and so that's a big portion is don't just live in the P&L, see this long strategic game as well of where you want to go. And then the second thing I do is I'd recommend, <laughs> and probably if you asked me at the start of this, um, this chat, if I was going to end up with this book, I'd say no, but there's a book uh, that kind of came to mind. Uh, it's Who Moved My Cheese? Right. Mm -hmm. And so for um, I think it's by Dr. Spencer Johnson, um, an MD. And so when you're going through that period of chaos, right, and you're not quite sure as a leader or operations leader, where can I take my team? I'm trying to keep my hand um, nice and steady for everyone. Respond with poise and grace when it feels like fires, you know, everything's shooting at me and I'm mm -hmm. just trying to dodge them like I'm in the matrix. This, the concept of um, you're moving along in a giant maze, once you figure out what is that cheese that that's enticing you, what is it that you want, right? Then, you, then you're able to really identify how can I make myself happy? Because you can't rely on your employees to hit that number or your family to, like, you have to figure out the way to, to find what is that cheese that's motivating me and and really look at it as if that's going to be the portion that walks you through um you know you through your career and the rest of your career and in, in your field and so i would suggest reading that book um it's a, a really good way another parable for you if you want to kind of follow along through the examples of these four mice working through it there's several other books gosh i'm a reader so and sometimes audible i will listen to books too so if you ever want any recommendations i'm your person amazing <laughs> Well, Beth, this has been super interesting. I think really impressive model and growth and focus on people. And there's no doubt you guys stick to your mission and your culture really well. So I um, yeah, commend you for that success. And thank you for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.